Hello, everybody, my name is Ron, and this is Ron's Gadget Talk for Thursday, 21st of January 2021. Obviously, we got lots to talk about, and obviously, as always, we're just getting started, as I've previously said. There's lots of things going on, lots of new things, tons of things to talk about. Obviously, we obviously talk about phones, we talk electric cars, things I like. This is Mount Gadget Talk, and in the name is Gadgets. Now, if you love gadgets, well, stick around, listen, and obviously subscribe to my show if you can, and if you're listening on some podcast app or service of your choice, if you're on Spotify or Apple or Google, hit that subscribe button right now, right there, in the, as you see the show title. But aside from that, let's get started, you know, because why not? All right, so this complete, I mean, we saw it coming uh, because we've heard announcements, but this was, I think, for me, it was out of the blue. Vivo. Now, obviously, in China, Vivo is the other big smartphone brand, obviously, one of the top big, one of the top five smartphone brands in China, obviously one of the top 10 smartphone brands worldwide. And, um... You'd be surprised to think that Vivo makes flagship phones or obviously good camera smartphones because all we think of Vivo is selfie superstar, 48 megapixel selfie superstar, Vivo, you know, epic selfie. Okay, anyways, sorry. <laughs> Vivo actually does make good flagships. It made the X50 series last year, which was a really good flagship phone it had obviously one of the first in its class to have a gimbal camera setup where it was like around a gimbal and it was really good and it was it was really proof of vivo's innovation chops are really just vivo's parent bbk electronics which owns oppo and oneplus and other brands and they're able to kind of ha- have some r d chops and some of that uh, prowess has come into here but a vivo x60 series so there's the X60, X60 Plus, and the X, okay, the X60, the X60 Pro, and the X60 Pro Plus. Three flagships, and they look really amazing. Um, it's just absolutely phenomenal what, what you have here. I think people are always surprised to think that, that Vivo makes flagships. Wait a minute, Mount, they make really expensive phones? Yes, sir, because, you know, uh, you know, they, I mean, the th- problem is that, you know, around the world we always see vivo for those stupid little cheapy phones like the s1 or the s1 pro and like people are like that's that's a that's a wonky phone i wouldn't buy one i'd rather buy a samsung phone but not really i mean obviously this phone uh, looks to be uh, this is obviously currently come out in china but it looks amazing so uh what's in this x series x60 phones um the camera's great that's what i know i mean Let's break it down. I mean, I'll do, just do it normally, okay? Just, you know, because you know, it takes time. So, we obviously, uh, end of December, we kind of took a break. And so, this story kind of came and went that the X60 and X60 Pro have kind of come out. But just in case you kind of forgot, the X60 and X60 Pro are obviously uh, have, uh, have a, just for context, the regular X60 has a flat display, 6.56 inch AMOLED, 120 hertz display, 48 megapixel camera. One, I think a Samsung, I think it's Sony or Samsung sensor. Oh well, um, it has a 32 megapixel uh, selfie camera, 33 watt fast charging, 4,300 mAh battery, uh, and a Exynos 1080, which is a five nanometer chip with 5G. And then X60 Pro has like more storage. And has a it has a has a curved display, um, 
also a 48 megapixel camera and then obviously a, another 13 megapixel camera uh, no, a, another, it says an 80 meg, it says an 8 megapixel camera, I don't know for what, it's all in Chinese. And obviously the same uh, 32 megapixel camera and same almost similar battery. But uh, those actually were announced at the end of December. And so uh, they're almost already available to get. I think I, I got to check here. I'm sure they're already available at, at say, uh, Taobao Mall or JD.com. I mean, so that's interesting. So there, this was the uh, this was the regular X60 and X60 Pro. This is the X60 Pro Plus. This is a new one that Vivo has announced today, and it'll be coming out on. Um, I think I can find the information here. It'll be available. Uh, it'll be available. It's a, you can pre-order it now, and obviously it'll be available later on. And it's only in China. You can only buy it. But oh well, if you could do that, then that's lovely. So the Vivo X60 Pro Plus features a Snapdragon 888 processor, 59mm chip, 5G, all that good stuff, along with roughly, um, if again, that's as you I can get, uh, it's kind of browsing fast enough. Um, along with that, you get a, uh, that's, wait, here we go. Along with that, you get a 12, 12 gigabytes of LPDDR5 RAM, and obviously, a lot of storage for that matter, roughly uh, 128 gigabytes of storage. Okay, there is a version with eight gigabytes of RAM and there's one with 12 gigabytes of RAM. And on top of that, you get a 6.56 inch Full HD plus 18.8 uh, by nine. That's very complicated. E3 AMOLED 120 Hertz curved HDR 10 plus display with 1300 nits of brightness. Uh, now for context, they've mentioned this, it has, P, it has P3 color gambit, six million to one contrast ratio, if you could say that contrast. Um, it has a delta E of, of roughly 0 0.5, around 0 0.506, which is impressive. It is very, very bright for what it is. Uh, and aside from that, uh, there's UFS 3.1 storage. On top of that, I think that's lovely for Vivo. Uh, pretty impressive for what you're getting here. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's a very, very impressive bit of specs. But that's not what we're here for. The camera is, I think, the main uh, is the main show-stopping uh, capability. There's a you have in on the back side, sort of your rear camera. You have 50 megapixel Samsung GN1 sensor with f 1.57 aperture, um, and it has Zeiss T star coding, if that's a thing. So that's cool. You get optical and electronic image stabilization on the 50 megapixel sensor, a 48 megapixel, uh, 114 in uh, degree ultraviolet sensor, which is a Sony IMX598. Uh, on top of it, you get four axis optical image, stabil um, optical image stabilization. Really don't wanna mum mumble it out, but OIS. And I think that's the gimbal one that's impressive. And that's that on the ultraviolet is impressive. A 50 millimeter, uh, a 32 megapixel, 50 millimeter portrait camera with f2.08 aperture, 8 megapixel periscope uh, sensor with f3.4 aperture. I hope I'm saying this right. Uh, f and uh, the periscope camera gives you 5x optical zoom, 60x digital zoom, and you can record a 4K HDR10 plus 
uh, yeah, you can record in 4K HDR10+, and 8K, I think this is a bit of a note to the iPhone 12 Pro that can record at 4K with Dolby Vision. Here on the Android side now, you have a phone that can do 4K HDR10 plus recording. Best part is you can still see it on a TV that will do it. Uh, your TCLs and high senses will do HDR10 plus, so you can go out and see it. Uh, and uh, you don't have to do much work, so that's wonderful. A 32 megapixel selfie camera, f2.45 aperture, uh, in-display fingerprint sensor, USB Type-C out of the gate, 4200 mAh battery with 55 watt fast charging. I mean, literally, um, yes. So the X60 Pro Plus has four sensors, theoretically. Uh, so that's that's wonderful. I mean, four HDR10 plus video recording, uh, you know, four sensors, including a 50 megapixel one by 1.3 inch uh, GN1 sensor, and they're coated with Zeiss, I have nice coding on it, which is interesting. Interestingly enough, this T-star anti-reflective coding is applied to both sides of each lens. There's also a nanocrystalline structure that is the first of its kind on a smartphone. So basically, it's protected safely. Don't fret about, don't, you know. Oh well, so, uh, so that was the camera, and that's the impressive part about this phone, the, the Snapdragon 888 that's on here. Uh, yeah, 4200 mAh battery, and you could charge it back up at 55 watts, which is impressive. And you can buy this, and this is available in two really fakey, well, fakey, but really nice leather finishes, phantom blue and classic orange, really stylish. Again, you get those Huawei Mate 40 vibes, uh, and the best part is that it's a Vivo and the camera is really nice. Aside from that, um, it's all USB-C. There's no headphone jack, which is weird, to say the least. Um, but you do get USB-C headphones in the box, which is and a dongle, which is insane. <laughs> I mean, who knew that? On top of that, you get Origin OS 1.0 as the software, which is literally Android 11, uh, from the looks of it. But yeah, really, I mean, if you think about it, this is this looks incredibly impressive. There's no headphone jack, and obviously. Um, in terms of the camera, I mean, if you think about it, 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 it is really impressive that they have a really crispy Samsung sensor. And on top of that, a the the gimbal, 48 megapixel ultra wide camera with gimbal stabilize, with four axis OIS, which is gimbal stabilization. You can do four axis uh, stable motion. Honestly, it's impressive what Vivo is able, I'm, I'm, and the weirdest part, and I think that what's annoying me is that they don't sell this X50. I think X50 uh, phones were only sold in a few countries outside of China, if my memory guess, if my memory serves me right. So, but I really feel like this is the kind of phone that I think people around the world would love to buy, and the price is really good. So, uh, you get so it's available in two tiers: eight gigabytes of RAM, 120 gigabytes of storage, and 12 gigabytes of RAM and 256 gigabytes of storage. Obviously, a bit of du almost doubling. The 8 gigabyte, the 128 gigabyte version of the X60 Pro Plus will set you back 5,000 Chinese yuan, which is roughly $775. Big shout out to GSM Marina for this one. Uh, seven, around $775 US. And then obviously the two, double storage option will basically be 100 bucks extra or two. So that's that. Um, you could pre-order it in, it's only available in China right now, which is a bit annoying, frankly, but honestly, I uh, mean, uh, but uh, again, it's such an impressive phone for what you're getting here. Um, 
So you can pre-order it now if you're in China. I mean, it's a good Vivo phone, really, um, to say the least. It is. It, it, it's a real flagship phone that I think. I mean, you'd be happy with it, honestly. Uh, it's at a comp very comp and also even if they bring this to places like Pakistan or India, and if they and if they able to kind of get it on the whole duties and tax problem with high-end phones, and like still price it competitively, this could sell really well. Like this. I mean, I kind of suddenly checked the price for the base spec in, in PKR, and it's really competitive. For context, and this is just for context, the Samsung S21 Ultra, the Galaxy S21 Ultra, uh, that is available, that's also available in Pakistan too, surprisingly, uh, the phone itself as it is, the base option, it's got, it's, the phone costs roughly uh, 229 229,000 uh, rupees. That's roughly 2.29, that's 2.29 lakh roughly. That's about well over, well over a thousand dollars, well over the regular price. I, I've seen it here. Let's see, let me, let me get, bust out Google currency converter. 1,425, $1,425 USD, which is an absolutely insane. And this phone here, for as it is, is 124,000 Pakistani rupees. Obviously, by if it does come to Pakistan, I mean, I don't, I'm sure, okay, Vivo's audience is not really the kind to buy high-end phones, obviously. They'll probably buy a Y6500, not, not this, sadly. I mean, I'd actually buy this, given the specs here. The price is really good. It, it, it actually, it, some folks would just buy this really instead of a Samsung because, I mean, the price matters, even high-end segment, which is interesting. But even after taxes, it's still competitively priced with, say, the S20 Ultra. Best part, you get a Snapdragon processor compared to an Exynos. So you won't have that problem of lag or something. It'd be, it'd be running smoothly. And a ultra-wide gimbal camera, which is absolutely amazing. So this is neck-and-neck -neck competing with the S21 Ultra and the other flagships that are about to come out. Someone did mention, uh, reading somewhere in the comments, that this could basically be the OnePlus 9 in, in the wings, but honestly, I think the OnePlus 9 is more likely to be based on the uh, Oppo Find X3 Pro. That already got leaked, we talked about it previously, the Find X3 Pro. That phone could serve as the inspiration for the OnePlus 9 because almost share the same designs and stuff, which is interesting. Uh, so, but obviously the Vivo X60 Pro Plus, um, seven around seven hundred and seventy dollars for this. Incredible, really. I mean, eight hundred dollars is the starting price for S21 base tier, uh, with not much really in the way. But uh, but obviously there is, uh, and then you have this, which is the most maxed out version of this phone. Even if you just sell it a bit of a markup to about eight eight nine hundred dollars. This is a good value for money. I I feel like Vivo could sell it for a thousand dollars in the West, like you know, to adjust it really, because it costs a lot of money to market phones. And obviously, Vivo is heavy on marketing, so if they would sell this in Western countries, this would be a thousand dollar plus flagship right away, because Vivo spends a lot of money on advertising. That's kind of how I know Vivo. The ads, the TV ads, the billboard ads, they're everywhere. You know, that's that's what they're known for. So. It's a really good phone. I mean, obviously, if they're not going to sell it abroad, 
probably you will probably get to buy an international version of it on AliExpress. And if it is around seven, eight hundred dollars, go out and buy it. It's 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 good value for money. I mean, there I, I tell you guys, there there's good value for money in the smartphone world these days, and it's starting to be the case. So, yeah, it's really exciting times ahead in that sense. The can gimbal, ultra wide gimbal camera. That's that's phenomenal. Alrighty, uh, switching gears to uh, Vivo's sister brand. Almost, it's owned by the same sort of comp. It has the same holding company. They share the same the same holding. Realme, they dare to defy and they'll dare to push the limits of what a phone could be and what they could include in the phone. <laughs> yep, they dare to defy, and they're probably doing it for their flagships. There's obviously the X series of phones that they're gonna that they do every year. The X50 was really good. I mean. And all that kind of stuff, but this year's special because they're gonna pump out not one but two flagship phones. Uh, now they've obviously teased; they've been teasing the they're teasing their flagships for a while now. Now, according to Android Authority, big shout out to Android Authority of this story, and they've claimed that uh, one, Realme has kind of uh, has kind of revealed sort of specs for two of their flagship phones. There's going to be a Realme X9 Pro and Realme Race Pro. So the X9 Pro features a Dimensity 1200 processor. Have I, have I, I think we skimmed past this. Yeah, Pro. Uh, so there's a Dimensity 1200 processor. Uh, there's a 6.4 inch OLED display. Uh, almost a full HD plus kind of. 120 hertz refresh rate, 12 gigabytes of RAM, 128 gigabytes of storage, and obviously double that in that capacity. Fourth at 4,500 milliamp hour battery, 65 watt fast charging, uh, and 108 megapixel camera with a 13 megapixel secondary sensor. We probably know for what, and it's another 13 megapixel sensor for something else. Most probably macro. No hate, just saying. And obviously, uh, this and the other phone, the Race Pro, will have Realme UI 2.0. But the interesting part is the Realme Race Pro. Now, they've talked about the Race smartphone that they're planning to launch, and they're claiming it will be one of the first phones out there to have the 888, the, the high-end Snapdragon chip, because Realme does use Qualcomm chips from time to time. 865, 855 have been, the 855 Plus, 865 have been on Realme phones. Uh, there's been Realme with those chips from Qualcomm, so they'll definitely use a high-end Snapdragon chip. Uh, the, so the Realme Race Pro has a Snapdragon 888. And get this, a 6.8-inch OLED display, uh, Quad HD display resolution, 160 hertz. Now that's what I'm talking about, the word daring to defy. 160 hertz. Basically matching the next best competition, 160 Hertz. Now that's way faster than whatever you have. Slightly, it's a tad bit. It's a tad short of 180 hertz and 240 hertz, but almost there. Almost, almost getting there. Getting there. And obviously, you have up to 12 gigabytes of RAM, and obviously from and you have max storage capacity of up to 512 gigabytes. They're pushing. They're really defying what a phone, what a high-end phone could be, or what a monster of flagship a phone can be. I'm losing words here. You get a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, 125 watt fast charge. Not 60, not 100, 125. Now, we've seen it's like experiments and, you know, like tests and you know, videos have shown they claim you can do a 200 watt fast charging and 125 watt fast charging. But this is going to be a phone, which is, I think, insane. 
like the other phone, it'll come on Android 11. And both phones are scheduled scheduled to, re- to be released Q1 of 2021. Now, Q1 of 2021 will end in roughly, we're in January already, so before May. So before, before the summer, expect two flagship Realme phones. Again, this is pretty hot scoop from Android Authority, and they've broken it here. Interesting enough, the X9 Pro is obviously from the X9 series of flagships, X series of flagships. And uh, interestingly, uh, the X9 Pro has a diamond, has a high-end MediaTek chip, the Dimensity 1200. It's the top-of-the-line high-end chipset, uh, and then obviously a really regular refresh rate. It's still high-end. It's still impressively high-end for what it is. A pretty beefy camera, but the Race Pro looks more ready to. Uh, this is this. I think the Realme Race Pro. I mean, it has the Snapdragon Triple Eight. It's got that very fast refresh rate. I think they're like destined that. The other phone, the Race Pro, like looks it looks destined to be a global launch. Like they're gonna launch it globally, given what they're putting here, like the how to max out the charging speeds, and they have decent camera from the looks of it, but they have a maxed out battery, maxed out charging capacity, bigger storage capacity, a higher refresh rate. The Snapdragon Triple Eight, I think, which is important for almost global connectivity, it, it would help with getting onto the T-Mobile network in the U.S. and stuff because, you know. Media tech chips are not good at connecting to American networks, for example. It's a challenge, you know. That it's it's a thing. Google it. Um, so it looks obvious the Race Pro could come out globally easily because of the of the Qualcomm chip, and how it'll just work anywhere in the world easily. And then the X9 Pro looks like to be destined to come to China first. I might be wrong here. They might be looking to launch this globally. And Realme is present all over the world. It's increasingly present in Europe and Asia. And you haven't had another big release in a while, so I think the timing is ripe for two massive flagships to come out. And there's the uh, there's the Realme 8 series to come out, which will probably sell like hotcakes. I think there must be some information about this because and the thing is they make all they release phones all the time, so so like they're destined it's destined to come any moment. I mean uh it's just, it's just, uh, I really don't know when they're going to come out with the 8 series. But I think it looks obvious that, uh, oh, they already are, there have actually been reports last couple of weeks that, that the Realme 8 is about to come. So, yeah, I mean, this is a company that pumps out phones all the time, really. Every couple of months, there is a new phone from these from these boys. And uh, really, they are, I mean, again, it's in the slogan, and it's pretty impressive. The Race Pro looks crazy like it it's gonna be it's gunning it's it's it really is gunning for the skies in that kind of sense you know it really is impressive um part of me kind of feels like they're gonna release the race i think the race series is like for the global market like again coming back to my own theory that you know realme has like a lot of phones for the chinese market and a lot of phones for the asian market and a lot of phones for the global market primarily read the western market primarily like europe and the uk and like the race series could kind of quickly be rushed out to global market soon. But here's the interesting thing about all this, these flagships and obviously other Realme phones. We really don't know when exactly going to come out. It'll be a matter of weeks and day, days and months and weeks. Hopefully the next couple of weeks we'll see these phones come out. And also let's face it, we're in a unique time obviously. The Rona is still around with us, you know. So it's going to take a while to get really good phones out of the door. It's going to take a while for them. So... I mean, but aside from that, really, they're they're really they're 
pushing they're, they're going over the edge with these phones i'm really excited for the race pro i mean part of me thinks it's gonna be a super gamery gamer kind of oriented phone and realme is focused on gamers like the c-series phones have had some of the c-series phones have been have had good frame rates for pubg mobile which is surprising for what they've paired it with so um the race pro looks to be an absolute monster that's for sure so yeah and while we're talking about the x9 pro that was potentially that's gonna hopefully come out from realme i mentioned that there was the dimensity 1200 processor so that kind of gave away the fact that there's actually a new chip from mediatek uh, but obviously 19th of january this is like kind of yesterday or before yesterday you could say on wednesday on wednesday really uh mediatek announced showed off two new processors the Dimensity 1200 and then the Dimensity 11, 1100, really. And then there's the Dimensity 1000 Plus. It's already there, but, but you have the 1200 and the 1100. Both have 5G built in and all that good stuff. Um, theoretically, these are two new, almost flagship offerings from, from MediaTek. They're competitively priced on pretty affordable mid- and high-end phones and slightly mid- to high-end phones will have the, both these processors, which is interesting. Um, and obviously, uh, Realme, Xiaomi, Vivo, and Oppo have all committed to offering phones with these uh, chips, so they're gonna have them in the next couple of months. Redmi could have a bunch of phones with the Dimensity processors, which I'm kind of excited. Honestly, MediaTek is, and it's kind of, is kicking, it really is kicking to high gear. There's the, uh, there's the, um, there's a G series of processors, the G70, 35. There's so many that I've kind of lost count with. That actually was made to help like improve game performance. And now there's the Dimensity series, which actually is MediaTek's main high-end processor. Now these two new processors are the first we made on a six nanometer fabrication, not five nanometer sadly, which is a bit annoying, but it's on six nanometer, which is still slightly big, but it's there. Um, but interestingly, both processors are made almost the same, but they're different, bend a bit differently. So the 1100 is a little bit inferior to the 1200. But just for some specs, the Dimensity 1200 is a six nanometer, uh, has one Cortex A78 uh, core that is clocked at three gigahertz, three high perform, three regularly high performance A78 cores at 2.6 gigahertz, and four high efficiency. Cortex A55 cores at 2 gigahertz, along with the Mali G77 processor. And on top of that, there's no information about the neural processing unit, which is weird enough, which is insane. Um, but uh, the, the GPU, there's nine cores on a GPU, and uh, these processors can, again, and you can do AV1 video hardware acceleration, which is kind of cool. Uh, in terms of pushing the limits, the Dimensity 1200 can power display a 1080p display at up to 168 Hz. Uh, it can get maximum throughput of 4.7 gigabytes over 5G, which is insane. So this is just benchmark. Real-world performance may vary, so don't really take this as it can do 4.7 gigabits per second because, um, you know, real networks can't do that unless it's a private one. <laughs> Uh, whereas the Dimensity 1100 has just four A78 cores at just the same regular clock speed, 2.6 gigahertz, and, a f and four high efficiency A55 cores like Dimensity 1200. So it is binned quite differently. There's not that one high performance core. 
when they do fabricate stuff, if there's kind of like something missing, they would just chop it off and be like, okay, this is the other wacky pro. It's not the real deal. And you get the same GPU, obviously, like the 1200. Um, and more interestingly, though, it is, again, when I say slightly bend, you can only push a 144 hertz display at 1080p uh, resolution, which is interesting. Uh, the Dimensity 1200 can support camera sensors up to 200 megapixels and can kind of do HD, 4K HDR video recording and has 40% improved dynamic range. The Dimensity 1100 can do up to 108 megapixel sensors, which is not that bad. And overall, you get 20% faster performance in night shots, which is interesting. So uh, really good sets of processors. Uh, that might be coming to a Realme, Redmi phone near you. You might want to be on the lookout. Um, it's good to have lots of really good, it's good to have these kinds of options on the market. There's obviously Qualcomm and then these these chips. It looks nice. I think uh, if you end up buying a phone with these chips, I think you'll be really happy with your choice and I think it'd be worth your time and money. So yeah, it's really cool what you have here. So yeah, uh, there's the, there there's the, there's these new Dimensity chips. Moving on. This next story could be a really hot scoop. Uh, LG is looking to get out of smartphone making. That's, that's, that's shocking. So according to a report in the Korean Herald, uh, and there's a lot of stories about Korean businesses and stuff, obviously, the Korean Herald has reported that coding, uh, basically L LG CEO kind of uh, point, uh, basically, they reported that LG CEO Kwon Bong Seok uh, sent a message on Wednesday to staff that there could be a change in the way in the smartphone business. And you had Koda saying, regardless of any change in the direction of the smartphone business operation, the employment will be maintained, so there's no need to vary. So LG is literally looking at its place in the smartphone game, whether it's looking where they would just scale down its business, leave the smartphone game. They're just telling folks in the smartphone department guys don't worry about your jobs we'll just send you somewhere else don't we're not gonna fire you um now uh now they've quoted an lg official as saying since the competition in the mo global market for mobile devices is getting fiercer it is time for lg to make a cold judgment and the best choice the company is considering all possible measures including sale withdrawal and downsizing of the smartphone business now this is gonna, this is really shocking. I'm kind of sad that LG is going to ditch. Um, it's like it is it is looking to ditch making phone, smartphones. It makes really good smartphones. It's not all that bad. The K40. Do we have? There was there an LG phone? Uh, the the Velvet. Yes, the Velvet and the Wing. They were really good phones. The Velvet was really good, really solid phone for what it was. Um, I mean, I think the problem is, is that LG. It doesn't really have the kind of phones that captivate people to buy them in, as icon iconically as Samsung. And um, and so that's the situ that's the problem, really. They're, LG's been losing money trying to make smartphones. And so I'm not really surprised that we're looking to, you know, looking to, you know, get quit making phones because it's not helping them. It's our, But then interestingly enough, in I mean, l last week or so, they showed off the LG rollable, which means that they might, they have some innovation. They could, they can, and will probably innovate as much as they can. But you know, um, 
maybe who knows the LG rollable will basically be their bowing out phone this will be the last highly innovative phone that they pump out and that's it they're out of the game and I'll leave Samsung as the only Korean player in phones because there's no other company in South Korea that makes phones there's Samsung that's doing it and not only making it they're making money off it lots of it so and the thing is for LG they have other successful business segments like TVs and monitors and I mean and home appliances because those things work but the thing is but then the thing is LG makes those things on mass but phones they only have a few good phones that they make every single year and and also it's in people's minds like all over the world and I mean if you think of in some markets not everywhere uh, where not it's not like everywhere they are recognizable to some consumers I mean I mean, if I walk into a store right now and try to phone, look in L, for an LG phone, I wouldn't be able to find it, and that's the problem. So maybe, I think they, honestly, it looks more plausible that they could quit the smartphone business because it is quite aggressive, and maybe we're looking at projections down the road, and it may not be worth the effort and time to keep making more phones to hopefully boost market share. They can't compete aggressively enough. So it's kind of sad, man. I mean... It sucks. I mean, nobody asked for it, really. That's the thing. So, yeah. I mean, I can't do much about it, really. All right. Uh, switching over, let's just talk about the big old red Netflix. And they've got past this interesting mark. 200 million. Now, okay, this sounds lame. If Netflix was its own country, it'd essentially be the sixth largest country on Earth. Uh, oh, well... <laughs> That can't be that can't be the case, but it's bigger than the populations of some places on Earth. Oh well. So what's kind of happened is that Netflix has released its Q4 2020 earnings, and obviously most tech technology companies are starting to uh, show their Q4 2020 earnings. It's a reflection of the of the end of last year, which is kind of important. Um, now Netflix has essentially has reported $6.64 billion of revenue with earnings of $1.19 per share. And you can do the math to what that is. Um, it's slightly, okay, revenues above expectations and then earnings per share were just slightly a little bit below. But, oh well, that's not really a thing. But the interesting thing from that, oh, and... Um, and for the whole of 2020, Netflix has gained 36.6 million streaming subscri subscribers in the whole of 2020. So beating the previous record two years ago, which is interesting. Um, so overall, in Q4 2020, Netflix added 8.51 million paid subscribers worldwide. And that completely means that overall, by the end of 2020, if all stands true, Netflix has 203.7 million subscribers worldwide. Now, now having a nine-digit subscriber base, that makes Netflix the world's biggest video streaming service in terms of subscriber base. It's the number one uh, streaming service in the world. And the only other player, with obviously, with publicly declared subscriber numbers that's only second to Netflix is Disney, the big old house of Mickey. Now, the thing is that, now, for context, Disney has 131.7 million uh, subscribers. And that includes all its services. And obviously, in India, there's the Disney Plus Hotstar service, which is part of Star, which is kind of based on Star TV. So, so that has 
that has like millions of subscribers. That's that's a, that's a very popular service. Tens of million, hundreds of millions of subscribers, paid and free together. So about paid tiers alone, uh, one hundred thirty-one point seven million consumers. Now, uh, and the thing about Disney is that they declared it on their own spreadsheets that that they've also have this many users, but two hundred million is a very massive number if you put it into context uh again 200 uh, million for 203 203.7 million users paying for netflix is insane that tells you that, that speaks to the power of entertainment and how popular uh you know content consumption is uh, but also it, it speaks volumes to how netflix is pretty much the definitive name in video streaming and is yet and obviously uh we've, we've yet to see until obviously until uh, media companies across the world or a, another sort of media startup-y kind of company comes in and really swoops people's attention. Netflix is really the name in streaming. Like, it, it, it is ubiquitous with video streaming across the world. Um, now, some more interesting things. Obviously, we uh, at the end of 2020, there were show, certain shows like The Queen's Gambit and The Crown, the fourth season of The Crown. And more interestingly, they've reported that over a hundred million people have watched the Crown, sort of. Uh, and for them, obviously, the metric is that they got to watch two minutes of the sh- of the content itself to be counted as a view. So that means that some people just clicked in to watch for a few seconds or five, six minutes, and then they watched it already. So, hundred more than a hundred million. So it is really uh, quite hyped. But obviously the most watched original limited series is the queen's gambit the very famous chess series pretty dark and stuff 62 million uh, households have watched it as it is which is impressive um but obviously reaching 200 million is no small feat but obviously there's now a lot of competition that's coming from from uh lots of streaming services obviously there's something that streaming services don't, the other players don't have and that is obviously netflix's global reach i feel that netflix would still have the lead uh, for a while, I think for another, I think for another two, three years, they'll probably be number one. Uh, people know there's the streaming wars that are happening, and obviously there's so much competition going on. But obviously, um, they'll probably be number one for another two years until other players really catch up or uh, really get ahead of Netflix and something as its technology or its the reach or really be competitive on pricing, be really cheaper than Netflix and still have a lot of value for money. We're at the beginning, really, if you think about it. But um, more interesting than everything, according to the service, according to the Big Red, it believes that, again, and they're coding themselves here, they believe that uh, we are very close to being sustainably FCF positive, so free cash flow positive, by obviously this coming year, 2021. so they'll probably start burning money and will not need debt after the words, which is, I think, crazy to say the least. I think this is probably the result of spending so much money on making its own content and then owning global rights to it. And I think that means that, and it is a lot of money. So overall, this past year, even with the pandemic on our hands also, uh, Netflix has spent $11.8 billion on content, which is, I think, just insane. But if you look at what they really do as a business, you look at the amount of content they pump out, not just in Amer- not from just Hollywood and stuff, and but across the planet, I mean, for across continents, then yeah, this is a this again quantifies a significant chunk of, you know, content made around the world. 
but it's just impressive, really. But, um, you know, I, but then again, I, I would say this before. I'll say it before, and I'll I say this before, and I'll say it again. Really, Netflix is going to continue to be number one until, as I said, until Warner Brothers or Disney or obviously the other players really sharpen up and get aggressive and really uh, get chase streaming consumers across the world. Disney is succeeding uh, given the reach of Disney Plus. And obviously, in important emerging markets like Brazil and India, Disney Plus is available. And that means that they can really compete with Netflix neck and neck for that market share. And they're really working. And obviously, others are really starting to catch up and really starting to become a streaming business or to be more driven to streaming compared to, say, uh, compared to Netflix, which really is from day one been based on streaming. Anyways, it's kind of impressive that they're going to start losing money. They're going to start burning money from 2021. And obviously, they now have like nine-figure user bases, which is impressive. And again, um, it's working, you know. It's it's just one of those big tech dreams that have kind of come true, really. It's 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 going to start making money. So there you have it, really. That, 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 was, that was all I got to say, really. And then on top of that, Samsung... And this is an completely unrelated. Samsung is going to be making 90 hertz OLED displays for laptops and monitor for for laptops, uh, apparently. So, uh, so Samsung's planning to start producing 14 inch displays in March, um, and so eventually we might we might see high refresh rates on laptops and stuff, which is just impressive, to say the least. Um, that's kind of cool if you know what I mean. Uh, and all. Um, now it didn't say exactly in which which laptop will come out. They're claiming that it'll, several global IT companies will release laptops with ninety hertz OLED displays this year, which basically means a lot of gaming brands and stuff that have uh, they'll have they'll have a laptop with a hundred twenty hertz display, a uh, ninety hertz. Sorry, so that's kind of cool. Uh, and then finally, like two little things I want to share, which are kind of cool. Uh, so the, so I was reading up electric and they've reported, they, they showed off, they've reported on this cool conversion of, of an EV, a famous EV, the, the, the Tesla, the Tesla Model S, uh, you know, the Model S. Now, now the folks over at Arius, this an Italian design brand have essentially created a convertible Model S and it looks absolutely stunning like like wow wowzers now until tesla releases the new roadster we really love to see a sporty tesla very high performance already that's great but obviously a sports car kind of tesla we have yet to see that come uh, even with the uh with the uh road new roadster that's gonna come out next year but it's a unique it's a special kind of model s uh with special stitching and interestingly, obviously, convertible design, but more than everything, also they've like reinforced the chassis with additional strengthening to the side members beneath the cockpit and the rear seating area. That's, that's kind of impressive. Uh, it doesn't look like it has a convertible roof, like it, 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 there's a roof that it can pop over, but, but then again, it, it just looks impressive. It, now, there's no details about whether you whether they're offering like a convert, they can offer conversions. Like this is a concept, but it looks really cool. Again, I'm gonna link the article in in the show notes, and you can go see it for yourself. It looks absolutely stunning. 
Uh, I mean, it looks really well made. And finally, something in really funny, almost meme worthy kind of uh, what looks really, really meme worthy. Obviously, uh, Joe Biden got inaugurated as the U.S. president, sworn his oath, and everything, and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, there then there was a picture of Bernie Sanders sitting there, obviously watching the inauguration, all on his all his all in his winter clothes and stuff. And it was just so funny that it became a big meme on Twitter, blew up on the internet, and now somebody has actually created a website that lets you actually put Bernie Sanders sitting somewhere, um, anywhere on earth, really. So there's this really interesting website, some pretty crazy developer, Nick Sweeney, developed this website where you just type an address and basically sitting Bernie Sanders all muffled up will be, will be, will be it'll be anywhere really. It's just crazy, it's just, it's just funny. I'll link this also too, you can go play around with it, it's just absolutely funny. No need to Photoshop, someone's done the work for you. Oh man, the, the effort people do to make memes more meme worthy. <laughs> But yeah, uh, what do you think? Uh, that that was we kind of we're, we're kind of stopping at a lighter note. What do you think of everything you've heard today? Let me know. Uh, send me a message. Tweet tweet out at me at Instagram or Twitter at Sayed underscore nine nine. If you're there, follow me. Uh, if you like the show, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're already listening on Spotify, or Apple, or Google, as always, just hit the subscribe button and off you go. Um, and uh, yeah, till till Tuesday. This is your boy Mount signing out. Have a great day and take care, stay safe, and I'll see you on Tuesday next week. All right, see you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening.